This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. Oh, BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Tuesday, May 10th, wherever and however you have chosen to connect. Wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who has very simply volunteered his quarterbacking capabilities to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers upon Tom Brady's actual retirement. His name is Jason Shepard. Look, here's my rationale. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. When you've had the GOAT as your quarterback, you you can't follow that up with somebody better, right? It's in the name. It's the GOAT. So I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to go the opposite direction. They're going to tank. They're going to tank. And I can't think okay. of somebody who's more opposite in terms of athleticism, <laughs> uh, winning ability at the NFL level uh, than Tom Brady, than me. So that's kind of my play. That's, do you understand the rationale? I do understand that. I don't know that Tampa Bay wants to fully embrace that, Jason. I'm just saying I'm throwing I will it out see. There. I mean, I'm we'll out see. My services. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they, want, they want to tank. They signed Jason Shepard. I'm to just be the saying, like, if you want to up the uh, the draft potential. By the way, have you seen Tom Brady's TikTok account, Jason? I know you're a big TikToker. Uh, I am not. Uh, I'm not a talker. I don't know if that's what they call them. Tom yeah. Brady has figured out social media. He's he really figured, has. He's figured out or everything. Or his people have. It's brilliant. But no, I have not seen it. It's absolutely like, brilliant. What is, is something specific? Or I you... want you. No, I just want you to get a TikTok account so you can follow Tom Brady. Because if you're truly going to replace him, you need to replace him on all accounts. I don't know if I could follow Tom Brady, though. <laughs> he, he, on anything? And he's, hurt, he's hurt me. He's hurt me. <laughs> not, not like he hasn't hurt a lot of other franchises. What about his combine picture? Would you follow that one up? You know, to be perfectly honest with you, that's the one area that I've got Tom Brady You, you feel like you'd be... You... I, there's no question. <laughs> there's no question I would look better in a combine photo than, than that picture of Tom Brady. Which is why he keeps asking Elon Musk, <laughs> yeah. the new owner of please Twitter, delete that. to take it away. <laughs> yeah. Can we yeah. please take it away? Yes. Here's your show lineup. I can't promise that there won't be more Tom Brady. Uh, I can promise that we are going to discuss, in your opinion, what will be the fastest sport to ascend to prominence at BYU once the Cougars get into the Big 12. A weighty discussion right there. Also, the newest member of the BYU basketball team, Rudy Williams, joins us live to discuss why he picked BYU and why, ultimately, Jason, he made the right decision to leave Coastal Carolina and come to BYU. He didn't like Teal. He saw the light. (laughs) He saw the light. He did not like the way Zach Wilson was treated. Exactly. Come on. Plus, Top 5 Tuesday features the top five almost – Great plays of the BYU football season. (laughs) I love this. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU softball hosting Utah State tonight in a Tuesday night matchup at Gale Miller Field. You can watch the game at 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app as the Cougars look to continue their 13-game winning streak. You and I will be on the call tonight. West Coast Conference Player of the Week, Austin Deming and the 27-18 and 18 BYU baseball team take on Dixie State tonight, 7 Eastern. You can watch it live on the BYU TV app or listen on BYU Radio. Women's Golf finished the first round of the NCAA Regionals in ninth place after shooting 10 over as a team. Leela Naliai leads the Cougars at one over par, tied for 19th overall. Second round underway right now. You can follow all the action on the team's Instagram account, which is at BYUWGolf. 
BYU women's track and field remains in the top 10 at number 8, while the men hold on to their spot at number 13. Speaking of 13, there are 13 athletes ranked in the top 10 nationally in their respective events. Last chance meet this weekend in preparation for nationals. Competition begins on Friday. Women's basketball signing Sophia Lee, a 5'7 shooting guard out of St. Mary's High School in Stockton, California. Lee will join the program for the upcoming basketball season. And congratulations to BYU men's lacrosse who advance in the national championship tournament. They beat TCU 18-6 in the first round of the MCLA championship bracket. They'll take on USC today at 3 p.m. Eastern. If you're interested, follow the action on the team's Twitter account at BYU Lacrosse. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending proudly presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. BYU is roughly 15 months away from full inclusion in the Big 12 Conference, Jason. I know that you are counting down the hours, uh, probably I, the minutes, the, the seconds, actually. Okay, I, I, so I sold yourself <laughs> your, yourself short there. Uh, okay, which BYU team after 15 months, when the Big 12 invitation is complete and BYU is fully integrated, which BYU team will rise to prominence the fastest in the Big 12? See. This is why this is a little different because normally a question like this, you have to sit and ponder, you know, you maybe have to reflect a little bit. This one was super easy for me. Really? Like it didn't even take a half a second before I had my answer. For me, the answer is women's volleyball. Okay. Immediately out of the gate, I think women's volleyball has the best chance to hit the ground running and immediately be in contention day one. Even with Texas in the conference for the yes. first two years. Yeah, I think women's volleyball is that team. And look, speaking of Texas, we already know that there's a pretty good little rivalry going on between BYU and Texas. And I'm not talking about, you know, football in terms of schools. I'm talking about in volley women's volleyball. They've met. We know that it looked like BYU was going to advance. Texas comes back and knocks BYU out of the tournament. So uh, there, there's always there's there's that already. But I just went and looked at the the D1 women's volleyball rankings according to the AVCA coaches, okay. the final rankings okay. last year. And I just looked at where BYU was and where the Big 12 teams were. The first Big 12 team, to nobody's surprise, is Texas. Okay. So you go in assuming Texas is right there at the top yep. day one. For at least two years. For at least two years when BYU comes in. But you know who was number two in the rankings? Now, nine in the rankings, but in terms of all of the Big 12 schools in BYU? It's BYU. It's BYU. Yes. BYU was number nine. Then right behind BYU in at 10th was Baylor. I think day one, BYU goes in and is immediately in contention for conference championships, the very first match they ever okay. play. And then when Texas goes, if BYU hasn't already surpassed them in the two years, BYU, in my mind, then immediately goes to that top rung. Okay, it's become very clear upon review of all of the BYU sports and where they will fit in the current Big 12 as we project over the next 15 months that the women's sports at BYU, in large part, Jason, are already there. It's not just women's volleyball. It's women's soccer, women's basketball we feel like will compete, women's track and field, women's cross country. The women's sports feel like they're ready to go right now in the Big 12. And that leads me to my answer because it's a program that's already there. It's men's and women's cross country. They're, they're already there, Jason. They're already at the top. 
So whether they're competing in the West Coast Conference or competing in the Big 12, literally in the last three years, they're winning national championships on the individual basis and in the men's case as a team. And then I mean, the women's team also national champions. Let's go. Uh, they're the runners up this year. So if you just look at the teams in the Big 12 right now, plug and play, the women's team would be atop the Big 12. The men's team, based on last year's finishes, would have been third behind Iowa State and Oklahoma State. But if you go the year before that, then or the year before that, you could make an argument that BYU men are the best team in the Big 12. So, again, it's not like, oh, cross-country. We, we know that cross-country is not uh, – for discussion, the sexiest sport because it's not a quote-unquote big money sport. But that, if we're talking a program that's ready to rise to prominence, they're already there. Like men's and women's cross country are already there. They're already at the top, Jason. Look, we we realize that the two prominent sports, football and basketball, they're the driving force in all of this. But I think what we've just discussed once again re-emphasizes what BYU is bringing to the table in terms of an entire athletic department. Just see the Learfield Cup standings. It's, and I agree with you 100%. It is pretty interesting to look at most of the teams that we talk about that probably, look, it's, they're on the women's side. Look at what the women's sports on campus are doing and the position that they've set themselves up in to jump into this conference. Now, in terms of where BYU men's basketball in terms of where BYU football is, I think, I think let's just start with BYU football. We've said this before. I think BYU goes in and is, starts right in the, I would say in the middle of the pack is kind of where you start. And, it, that's, and that's, not, that's not anything that would be looked at as a negative. You're going into a conference that you've never played in before. That is to be expected that there is going to be a learning curve in this. Does that mean that they can't win immediately? Well, of course not. Especially if Jaron Hall decides to stay for his senior year. Absolutely. But I think that's where if you're just saying, okay, just eyeballing it, where do they come in? They are, I, to, in my opinion, they are not the bottom part of the Big 12. I think they start right in the middle, and then you begin the climb up the conference. So to me – that's, I think, where, where football goes. Basketball, we know the conference that it's jumping into. It, it's, the, it's the best basketball conference in the NCAA. So where the, we don't know. And right now we don't even know what the roster is going to look like in terms of what's going yeah, in there. Basketball-wise, every team in the Big 12 last year finished, I think, 86 or better in the net rankings. Every single team in the Big 12. All 10, the worst team had a net ranking of 86, and that's out of 351 Division I basketball teams. Every night is going to be a battle in the Big 12 when it comes to men's basketball. That, so no question, like, it's not saying that, oh, BYU's just, they're just not on par. They can't, they're not good enough. Come on. It's, the transition is, is notable because they're playing now in the toughest conference. Yes. There are three Gonzagas, and there are three St. Mary's within the Big 12. Yeah, they're, they're, the the issue that BYU has dealt with, look, and let's be honest, and BYU has lost to some of these teams. We've seen this every year where the, the bottom part of the conference kind of pulls everybody else down. That's not the case in the Big 12. It's just not. Yeah, BYU could be like 75th in the net rankings and be like second to worst in that metric in the Big 12. That That yeah. is a reality. Right. So on the men's side, as I was looking, I'm like, okay, the women's sports clearly, as we've stated, are 
crushing it right now. They're ready. They're ready to make the move and compete immediately within the Big 12. I know some of you are saying, well, you said women's basketball. What about Baylor and Oklahoma? Did BYU women's basketball not go on the road and play Oklahoma to an overtime game that they probably should have won last year? Like, BYU's not that far off from women's basketball either. No. I know Baylor's another level, but, like, the Cougars are right there. They're in the top tier of the Big 12, even in women's basketball. On the men's side, like, well, which, which sport's going to get it done? I mentioned cross-country and track and field. Okay, outside of that, Jason, like, what's the answer? I don't know. Is it football? Like, are, are the expectations shifting now to the point where it's like, okay, football after track and field will be the team that will next make the fastest ascension? Because we just thought it could be. We just talked about basketball. Like, oh man, that it, it feels near impossible. Baseball's that's a loaded conference in baseball. Is what's the road for BYU baseball? I I don't know. I don't know. Is it football? Is football the next fastest sport on the men's side behind track and field to make the ascension? It might be. It, it could be. And look, a lot of it's going to depend on how things shake out in terms of what the schedules look like. Are they going to go to divisions? Are you just going to play? I mean, because if if you are in a, I don't, there's not going to be an easy division, but obviously there's there in all likelihood there's probably going to be at least out of the gate an easier division if that's what they decide to go. And now I'm not even sure that they're going to do that anymore. But depends on who you're going to face every year, what type of competition that you're going to have in your division. So I mean, all of that stuff plays into it. But I, I don't think you're crazy to say that it may be football that would be that next team. Right. Well, and there are several definitions to ascension, right? Like what what is the top tier? What is prominence? Within yeah, are the we Big talking 12? about winning it, winning a right. conference championship? Yeah, what is the word we use to ask the initial question is prominence. What is prominence defined within the Big Twelve? Is that top three? See, I think it's top three. I, I is think it winning the championship? Well, that well that certainly is. That's the that's the apex of it all. But I think if you're talking about ascending to prominence, I think you're certainly certainly top two. But you could probably make a case for top three. If you're the upper echelon, the top three in a division, especially if it's really, really good, which we expect the Big 12 to be, then, yeah, I would say I would categorize that as ascending. Uh, to prominence. To prominence. Okay, well, here's the thing. You know who the third-place team in the Big 12 was last year? It was Oklahoma. It was Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to so, be fun to play so, them for two years. So if that is prominence, like – yeah, like top three. Oklahoma was the third best team in the Big 12 last year. Like if BYU is on that level, are we calling that prominent? I am. I would think so, right? I'm going to call it prominent. You're a top 20 team. You're the third best in a Power 5 conference. Let's go. It's just wild that BYU football right now, okay, right now, you think middle of the pack. Okay? Well, I think that's just realistic where you go in. You could be, you could be higher. You could be lower. I'm, I'm going to say that you go in and you're in the middle of the pack day one. Now, what you do with that remains to be seen. Right, But right now, if we are looking at BYU as a preseason top 20 team, yes, are they not already in a position? If they were to be in, moving into the Big 12 this year, would they already be in a position of prominence if they are a preseason top 20 team? Okay, but what does that mean? Where, where does that put them, though, in the Big 12? <sighs> where does it put them? Yeah, it depends on what teams in the Big 12 are preseason ranked. That, it, it, that all depends. Right? Yes. Oh, I love that we're discussing this. Let's bring it. I love that the conversation is happening. Is it July of 2023 already? Our question of the day, which BYU team will rise to prominence the fastest in the Big 12 and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is... 
the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Takanur on Twitter answers all of them should be competitive. Sure. But cross country and women's soccer are already at an elite level and should see immediate success. I would add women's volleyball to the elite level. That's your opinion. I would. Okay. In my opinion, I think it's a no-brainer. Ben Peterson on Twitter says, since they have already been winning championships, track and field and cross country were the first to come to mind for me. Right after that would be BYU women's volleyball and soccer. I think these teams already have the talent needed to compete at that level. This is a major props that we're giving to BYU women's sports for what they've accomplished. They've earned it. They have earned every bit of this. Like the women's sports in large part are just ready. But let's go. Like they could they could go and win championships right now. And that's why every year when we see what the schedule comes out, regardless of what the schedule is and who they're playing, you just kind of expect them to be there in the end because they always are. That's just the way it is. Hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, coming up, we're talking uh, we're talking uniforms. Are you a bigger fan of shiny or matte finish helmets? And the newest BYU basketball commit, Rudy Williams, on why he ultimately made the decision to come to Provo and lead Conway, South Carolina. This is BYU Sports Nation. It had something to do with Cosmo, didn't it? This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Baseball hosting Dixie State tonight, 7 Eastern time. You can watch the game on the BYU TV app or listen live with Greg Rubel on the BYU radio app. We are live at Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton. To my left sits Jason Shepard. I want to call an audible, Jason, because there is much to discuss. And let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. All right, Spencer, we referenced this a little bit earlier in the program. Fox Sports announcing this morning that they have agreed to a deal with Tom Brady to become their lead football analyst whenever he retires. Brilliant move by Fox. Absolutely. So what will happen first? Tom Brady calls a game for Fox or Colin Chandler plays his first game at BYU. As we know, he's getting ready to go to on his mission at the end of July. So Colin Chandler is slated to play his first game at BYU in the fall of 2023, 2024? 24, I believe. Is that right? He would would go July of 2022. Yes. Yes, it'll be the fall of 2024. 2024, okay. Uh, Yeah, Tom Brady's going to call a game for Fox (laughs) before then. Like, if Tom Brady is still a starting quarterback in the 2024 season, that gives him – all of this year and all of next year. So at least two more years in the league. How old is he, 44? He, he will be 45, 45, I think, before the season starts. If he's a starting quarterback at 48. Look, if anybody can, it's him. <laughs> I, I, I think, no. look, the answer is no. clearly Tom Brady. Tom Brady will call a game on Fox before Colin Chandler is playing his first game at BYU in the fall of 2024. Yeah, look, Tom Brady's going to call a game before the fall of, of 2024. And Tom's I'm, not going to be a starting th- quarterback at 48. This feels like this is, like, this is now done. Now you play your last year, and and now you have something to do. You have something to go to. I would be surprised. Now I'm surprised he's playing now after retiring. But I would be surprised if he plays beyond next year. Now that this is set, it kind of sets everything else up. He's going to be 45. Yeah. And the Bucks are going to have a legitimate shot to win the Super Bowl. How about that? You said goat. It's it's 
one million percent he's true. the goat all right jason speaking of football byu and their equipment department is seeking their own goat status they've got a new man in town his name is josh hewitt working with billy nixon he came from unlv he tweeted out this following photo of the shiny royal blue helmets saying game ready now jason do you prefer the shiny royal or the Matt Royal that we saw last year? Uh, I feel very, very, um, uh, what's the right word? Well, I, I feel very strongly about my answer to this. Let's be perfect, Landis. The important part is the Royal. <laughs> the Royal helmet is just fantastic. Okay. Okay. Uh, I am not a shiny helmet guy. Really? I'm, I, I don't like the shine. Really? Yeah, I am a matte finish guy. I absolutely, I am a sucker for a matte finish. I absolutely love it. Okay. I, and I believe that the only two in the NFL are Cleveland and Minnesota. Okay. I think those are the only two that have a matte finish, and I love it. I absolutely, so between the, look, I love this. Okay. I love it. It's it's the royal helmet. That's the important part. Shiny matte doesn't, doesn't matter. I love it. But if I had my choice, I will always choose the matte finish. Wow. See, I thought you were a guy that would be all, be all about the shine and the sparkle. I, I, there's just something about that matte finish that gets me every time. I okay. love it. So I like the navy helmets better with a matte finish compared to a shiny navy helmet. But when it comes to royal blue, I am all about the shiny royal. All about it. I love the chrome face mask. I think you shade on the matte. No, I said I like the matte finish on the navy helmet. I think that is a really, really clean look. But with the royal, it just needs to pop. It needs to pop. And so why downplay it with matte? See, oh, make it shiny. Here's my thing. Here's like the thing about the shine that that has always bugged me on any helmet. It's not just BY on any helmet is that you always see the light ring above. Isn't that awesome? No, I don't like that. What? I don't like that. Set the ambiance? No. I don't, don't like the light ring above. You don't like want the, the, like the idea of playing under the lights in a no. big time atmosphere? I don't need to see them on top of the helmet to know that their light's on. If it's black or if it's dark navy blue, the matte finish is so clean. But when it's a bright color like royal blue, Give me the show. Look, let's be honest. If 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 Josh wanted to hook me up with a shiny royal blue helmet, I would take it. I'm just Josh. And look, and we're BFFs now. We're both Chiefs fans. So hey, let's Jason just Shepherd. let's keep that in let's keep that in mind, Josh. On par. <laughs> he wants he's putting it out there. <laughs> All right, Jason, let's move on. All right. Uh staying with uh football, the Atlanta Falcons tweeted out photos of their day three draft picks. It just so happened that one of those photos is of uh, Tyler Algier in the matte black in helmet the, in the matte black. So, so I guess Atlanta has a matte black too. That's I great. missed great. I missed that one. Do you like Algier's look in black, red, and white? Absolutely. Like how how awesome does Tyler look? He in looks that kind Falcon of menacing. Uniform? I like it. It's fantastic. He looks dangerous. The mostly black with a little bit of red trim and the white. That is such a clean uniform combination. Yep. Tyler looks fantastic in that getup. Yeah, I think it's yes. fantastic. And look, regardless of whatever color it was, he was going to look good in it because he's in the NFL. So cool to see him. Yes, it's awesome. And he's in such a good fit. Yeah. He's actually going to have a legitimate chance to get on the field and play significant minutes. Yeah, dare I say in year one of the NFL, he'll be above average, which yeah. leads us to our next question. Bring it. Yesterday, Mark Durant <laughs> tweeted out the following. Guys like me never get to be on any all-time lists. 
So give me your all-time average BYU players starting five. <laughs> Jason, would Mark Durant make your BYU all-time average players starting five? I, I have no idea how to answer this because I love Mark Durant. I don't. I feel like if I put him on an average list that that's a slam, and I think too highly of Mark Durant because everything about Mark Durant is above average in terms of being a human being, a guy, funny. Except I, for his ability to play college basketball? I, I just, I just, <laughs> sure, if he wants to be on it, I would put him on there. But again, I, I think of him so much more above average than that. Sure, in, in all things, right? Yes! We're talking about his BYU basketball career specifically, though, and he pointed it out. He wanted this. Okay. So yes, I'm going to grant him a starting five position okay. on my all-time average player team. All right, last one. <laughs> Kingsley Suamataia tweeted out a picture of his toenails. Yep. Freshly painted with a Y on one of them with the following caption. Now I'm ready for the week pregame routine. It really does beg the question, Spencer. Who did the nail painting better, you or Kingsley? You want to show those off again? Uh, only one of us, I believe, had Taylee Williams, who is a certified manicurist. You can show those off again? Yeah, they're still here, okay? Uh, I, as much as I like his block Y, like the stretch Y and the Nike sign that Taylor put together here, come on! It's a clear win right here. And I can't believe I'm staking my claim in that type of win. <laughs> oh, Kingsley, my painted fingernails are better than your painted toenails. Look, here's the deal. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm a little jealous that I wasn't around to be able to, to do that. <laughs> I do like the alternating navy and white that he has It's pretty on. cool. Yes, it is pretty cool. But again, shiny royal, Jason. You want to know I like the shiny royal helmet? Yeah. To see my okay. fingernails. All right, coming up, how about we look into the upcoming BYU football schedules? Yes. Uh, specifically, the 2025 schedule as it stands right now and the newest BYU basketball commit, Rudy Williams, on why he chose BYU. It had to be Cosmo as part of it, right? Is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. BYU softball hosts Utah State tonight at 8 Eastern time. Watch the game live on the BYU TV app with Spencer and me. He is Jason, I am Spencer, and this is BYU Sports Station right now. Yes, softball to come later tonight. To interact with the show and get content throughout the day, follow us on all of the major social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Joining us now is the newest member of the BYU basketball team from the transfer portal, leaving Coastal Carolina to join Mark Pope in BYU. His name is Rudy Williams. Rudy, I feel like every time I say your name, since you've announced we should break out the Rudy chant. I, I don't know, but like I know BYU fans are super excited to have you. How does it feel to be a part of BYU Sports Nation? Uh, man, so far, you know, it's been super exciting. It's been super fun. The fans of they've showed me nothing but love the entire time. You know, even during the process before I even announced that I was going to come to Provo and all that. So, you know, it's just been super cool and uh, I'm happy to be embraced by Cougar Nation. Well, you, you were telling us before we started the interview that because you're still in Myrtle Beach, you're still wrapping things up but before you head out this direction. You said you're playing pickup with the guys and they were giving you a, a bit of a hard time for coming to BYU, huh? Yeah, they were. But, you know, I threw the Y up after I made a couple of shots. And, you, know, <laughs> you know, it's all love, though. The guys, you know, they're still my guys. I would like to point out that you are the second Canadian in as many days that have been our feature guest. Uh, talk to us about your backdrop with Canada. Where'd you grow up in Canada and how'd you make your way into the United States uh, to Kansas State and to Coastal Carolina? 
well, I'm originally from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. That's just a little bit outside of the Toronto area, probably about 30 minutes outside of Toronto. And when I was about 16, you know, I asked permission from my from my mom if I could, you know, move to America and like, you know, go to a basketball school, you know, obviously in pursuit of a scholarship. And, you know, by the grace of God, you know, she let me because I don't know how many um, parents will let their 16 year old <laughs> irresponsible son, you know, leave the country and go live somewhere to go get a scholarship. But, you know, thankfully she did that. I did two years in the junior college ranks. And then uh, after junior college, I went to Kansas State. And after Kansas State, I transferred to Coastal. And now here we are right now. So. So we obviously know how big hockey is in the in the country of Canada. Was hockey ever uh, a, a, an emphasis for you? Was that ever something that uh, that piqued your interest, or has it always been basketball? Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I cannot skate to save my life, <laughs> so I don't know if hockey would have paid the bills. Honestly, um, I knew a little bit about it. You know, obviously growing up, it was it was everywhere growing up. But I never got involved. Like I've never even been to a skating rink ever. Hey, listen, it was basketball. I played a little soccer too. It's all good because you can just put defenders on skates, right? You can get there your hockey. It is. You can get your hockey field by by putting guys on skates yeah. on the basketball court. Hey, don't don't feel bad, Rudy. I've never I've never been on skates. I've never been ice skating. <laughs> I've been roller skating, but no ice skating. So you're not alone in that, Rudy. Yeah, I was always just afraid of like you know hurting my ankle or something like that because those things I don't know they're dangerous. I can't. They're just not for me, honestly. Rudy Williams is with us on BYU Sports Nation. We noticed that Cosmo was a part of your photo shoot when you were at BYU. How did you pull that off? Uh, Okay, so I was, you know, getting ready to come to Pro Bowl for my official visit. And, you know, they were asked, the coaches were asking me if I needed anything. And, you know, it was always in the back of my head, but I didn't want to be like, you know, that that high maintenance guy. But I was like, listen, you know, I asked Coach Pope. I asked Coach Figure, I was like, listen, this is my one, you know, like, spoiled request. And, you know, they were like, you know, it's no problem. You know, we got you, we got you. And, you know, when I came to the Pro Bowl and did my photo shoot, he was down there waiting for me uh, in the in the studio. So I was like, it was the craziest thing to me. And, you know, after seeing him on the Internet all the time, I was like, wow. I was like, that's actually him. I'm a big fan of him. And, you know, I was I was excited. How did you first honestly. how did you first find out about Cosmo? uh just through the internet tiktok really like this was you know before the transfer portal stuff you know you're just i'm on my feed and some byu stuff came up and then i seen cosmo and i was like i was like this dude's insane you know he's doing all these tricks <laughs> the ao and tail thing i was like wow you know he's he's number one for sure <laughs> so obviously besides cosmo and the role he played what was the determining factor why was byu the place for you Honestly, just the, the coaching staff, you know, they were really authentic with me when they were recruiting me. They didn't lie. You know, they kind of just, they shot it straight with me. And that's what I appreciated. They were like, listen, like, you know, this is what we're going to do for you. This is how you're going to help us. This is how we're going to help you. And, you know, I came back home and like BYU checked all my boxes. Literally. I was like, you know, like these guys literally have everything I'm looking for, everything I'm interested in. So I was like, to me, it was a no-brainer when I left Pro Bowl. You know, I just still had to go through the recruiting process. But to me, it was a, it was a no-brainer for sure. Let's dive into that a little bit more, Rudy. How will you help BYU specifically, and how will BYU help you? Let's start with what you bring to the program right now. Uh, you know, coming in, I feel like I'll bring 
you know, tons of experience. You know, this is going to be year five for me playing college basketball. Uh, I'm an older guy, obviously, so I feel like I'm going to bring a lot of leadership in the locker room, you know, from day one and stuff like that. But then, you know, on the court, I feel like I'm going to bring, like, you know, an aggressive an aggressive presence offensively, defensively too. You know, I feel like I'm going to make my teammates better. I'm going to get guys shots, you know, like you know, Trevin and Spencer. I'm going to get those guys a lot of shots, Gideon as well. And then, you know, Foose and Atiki, I'm going to try to do my best to get in the lane, you know, help the defense, like, you know, draw attention to me and then drop off for those guys to get them easy buckets. And then, you know, I feel like I'm just going to play really hard because it's my last go around in college. Like, I'm, I'm going to give it all I got. That much I do know. And, uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, th that's the interesting part. It's something I wanted to ask you about. With this being your last year, you're, you'll be in Provo for one season. What do you want out of this year? Like, if you could write the script, what's this year turn out to be? Honestly, I just want to do something special, you know. One of the goals of mine were obviously to play in March Madness tournament. And um, BYU did that in the 21 season. So, like, you know, that's not far-fetched. That's one of my goals. And, you know, I kind of just want to do something special with the guys, you know, that, you know, a couple years down the road, I can look back and be like, hey, you know, my last year of school, I did that with these guys. And, you know, it's just something like I, I want to hang a banner or something or get a ring, you know, just do something special, you know, like leave a legacy. Now, you are the first in this specific offseason to take one of the open scholarship positions for Mark Pope. There are a few others, and they're busy working in the transfer portal. So, Rudy, with you leading the charge, you mentioned leadership. How much of a recruiter do you become now to try and get other guys to come to BYU with you? Uh, well, I committed Saturday around 2 o'clock. Uh, I would say, you know, Saturday at 2.05, I put on my recruiting hat. You know, I kind of, <laughs> you know, I put my phone to the side. Everybody was congratulating me, but I was like, no, nah. I was like, let's get to work. I need some other guys, you know. So, you know, I, I made a joke with Coach Rio. I said, you guys are going to have to put me on payroll because, you know, I'm working my butt off. <laughs> what, what do you make? Uh, no, granted, there's obviously going to be other additions because there are spots to fill. But, you know, you mentioned guys like Foos and Tiki. What what, uh, what type of relationships do you have already with, with your teammates? Uh, I would say I have pretty good ones, you know. Um, on my visit, I met all the guys, you know, the guys that were still in pro, Foos, Tiki, Gideon, Trevin. And, you know, I've been texting and talking to them, you know, since the day I left. Trey as well, too. You know, shout out, Trey. Um, so, yeah, we've just kind of just been wrapping it up a little bit, you know, just talking about, you know, how fun it's going to be next year, you know, what we're looking forward to and all that. And, you know, like I said, also just been also trying to help recruit guys as well. So, you know, it's you're, you're in an interesting situation in terms of, you know, you're still at Coastal, you're trying to wrap things up there, but you've committed to BYU. So you, you kind of got a, a toe in here and a toe in there. What What's that sort of in-between feel like right now? Uh, it's helping me, you know, multitask and, you know, manage a lot of stuff at once because, you know, I'm also I'm looking forward to BYU. Like, you know, every day I do something that involves, you know, me getting to BYU and me getting to Provo. But then I also understand that I got to finish up business here, you know, take care of stuff here. And, you know, I, I, I'm still here. So I got to live in the moment. I, I have no choice but to, you know, so I still got to go get my shots up. I still got to get my lifts in. So, you know, it's, it's helped me, you know, micromanage stuff and, you know, just help me just finish the job, really.
BYU basketball transfer and now senior Rudy Williams with us on BYU Sports Nation. I know that guys are hesitant to do this, but if you had to compare your skill set to, let's say, somebody at the top of the game in the NBA, because BYU fans always want to know, well, what type of player is he? Who would you compare your skill set to in the NBA? Um, I'll try to say this as humble as I can. And like, I'm not comparing myself to him, but you know, I really try to do a lot of stuff that, you know, Chris Paul does, you know, I, I study him a lot. You know, I try my best to emulate what he can do on the floor. So he would be, I would, I would say Chris Paul. Is that sure. why you were number three? Um, honestly, yeah. I, I don't know what I'm going to do next year in Pro Bowl. I might stick with the three. I might go to zero because that was one of like my original numbers growing up, but I don't know. I'll see, but CP definitely, uh, you know, I, I study his book a lot. So, so does that mean right now, maybe you're pulling for the Suns in the NBA because of CP three, I know you, you grew up near Toronto. So you Raptors guy, what's where, where do your NBA affiliations lie? Well, the Raptors got bumps pretty early. Yeah. So yes, but I'm going to still go out there and say that I've been pulling for Phoenix, you know, to win. They right now, you know, they couldn't they couldn't steal one in Dallas, but they're coming back to Phoenix for what is it, game five? Yep. Uh, and yeah, I, I I really feel like I want Chris Paul to get one so bad, but I really feel like they have the entire team, you know, to get the job done. They got all the pieces. Rudy, obviously BYU fans very excited to get you on campus and get you going with uh, Mark Pope and the guys. So when will that happen? What's the timeline like for your arrival in Provo? Uh, nothing is like for sure, for sure right now, but. To my knowledge, and after I spoke with all the coaches, I should be getting to Provo at the end of June. So, like, you know, around mid midway through the summer. All right. Well, over the next six or seven weeks, uh, we're going to send you some BYU Sports Nation karma to, you know, as you said, multitask, get everything taken care of in Myrtle Beach and get to Provo okay. In the meantime, hopefully you can trash talk uh, in a major way against those coastal guys and show them what's up. I'm, I mean, after this, I'm headed straight to the gym. We're going to put some more pickups, so I'm definitely going to... There we go. Wise up <laughs> I make a three or something like that. So. Love it. Rudy, great to meet you. Great to have you on the show. We'll see you again soon back here in Studio B. Sir, appreciate you guys. Thank you. You Thanks, got Rudy. BYU basketball commit Rudy Williams on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, I was excited for him when he committed. I'm even more excited now that we've talked to him. Look, and major props for having his own poster in the background, by the way. Why not? Yeah, I, yeah. No, I and, love that. And his jerseys, right? I love that. Yes. That is yes. amazing. He knows who he is. He knows what he brings to BYU. I love how self-assured he is yes. of what he is going to do for this BYU basketball team. That's a tough question to answer. Hey, what are you going to do? How are you going to help right. this team be better? Well, but look, I mean, the question I asked him in terms of what you want out of this year, it's like he just wants to do something special. Whether it's hanging – he wants to be able to look back on this one year in Provo and it's like, yeah – we did that. I was a part of that. I couldn't have. I couldn't have thought of a better answer than that. He, it was perfect. Yeah. No. Clearly, mature will take on, as he said, a leadership role as be some experience that BYU so desperately needs at the point guard position, and he emulates Chris Paul. You know, say what you will about Chris Paul. That dude is an unbelievable point guard. Yeah. Uh, look, 
if if he wants to emulate Chris Paul on the yeah. court, I have no problem with that. <laughs> feel feel free, Rudy. We oh, welcome mean, it. You mean shoot like seventy percent, you know, from the field yeah. and like never turn the ball over and dish out well, a million except assists in game, in game four. He had a lot of turnovers in game four. All right, and he fouled out. All right, coming up, a top five Tuesday with the best almost plays. We'll explain. And what do we think about the twenty twenty five BYU football schedule as it stands right now? Because in a way, it Almost feels complete. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming up on Saturday, May 21st, BYU Sports Nation will be broadcasting live from the BYU Fan Fest at Sandtown Park in St. George. Come watch a live broadcast. Jerem will be wearing that wig of the show at 12 p.m. Eastern time at 10 Mountain, or you can watch the show on BYU TV in the app. Well, let's be honest. He's never looked better. So. (laughs) (laughs) I kid, I kid. Come on now. It's all love. It's all love. And by the way, as we were watching that Jaron Hall touchdown highlight in the matte royal blue helmet Mm -hmm. on the way in from break, uh, there's there's still a halo on top of that helmet, Jason. Um, That's because he's angelic. You can still see hail. Oh, okay. <laughs> Touche. Touche. Come back from that, my friend. <laughs> Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. Ah, live from Studio V. Reports oh, boy. from FB schedules have BYU and Hawaii canceling the 2024 and 2025 home and home series. I kind of hate this because I I saw it. Like a trip to Hawaii potentially in 2025. I was like, yes, let's go. <laughs> it's going away. This based off Hawaii removing BYU from the schedules on their website. So that means that in a way, Jason, the 2025 schedule, assuming the Cougars will play a nine-game Big 12 slate. Yeah, all of that is based on the nine-game right, conference schedule. Is set with three non-conference games. The three games that remain are at Utah State, Stanford in Provo, and Utah in Provo. Do you like a 2025 schedule that features 11 power fives and one group of five that is at Utah State? Look, uh, do I like it? <laughs> I mean, it certainly sounds daunting, but I, I like the teams that are there. I do like the team, Utah, Stanford, Utah State. That, if you're going to play some teams out of conference, those are some pretty good teams to play, obviously. I think what's interesting, if you look at it, the Utah game is a TBA. There's a pretty decent chance that that could be the season opener that year in 2025, okay. which I know a lot of people feel like it should be the, the opening game of the season every year. <sighs> but, that, but that allows for Utah to be the opening game. You play Stanford on the 13th, and then you have the conference weekend at – at Utah State, and then you still have your nine-game conference schedule. I, I, I don't mind this. I, I don't know if it will stay that way in terms of its difficulty, at least on paper, because obviously we're talking about teams sure. that we don't know what they're sure. going to look like in 2025. Whether it stays that way, we don't know, but I, I don't have an issue with it. I do like the look of it. Here's what's going to happen. Stanford is going to go bye-bye. Okay, that, that game is not going to happen. Again, this is pure speculation, but based on what has already been happening uh, with USC going away, because USC and Stanford were kind of the team and game that worked together with BYU to fit at the end of the schedule. Right. This one is in September, as you pointed out. But 
I feel like that game is inevitably going to go away, and it will be replaced by an FCS team. And, and that think, also I makes think sense. It should be. Well, and we I can't remember if it if it was Jerem that I did the show with or if it was with you. Um, but we had this discussion in terms of, you know, looking at a, a schedule and which one do you do you want to, to come off the, the schedule? And look, that is a part of this. You do have to and look, we we've we have seen kind of the blueprint with how Utah has handled this, having gone into the Pac-12 over a decade ago. They did this very same thing, and they did it because it makes sense. You you know how difficult your conference schedule is going to be, so you don't want to beat yourself up before you get to it. So you are still going to play good teams in your non-conference if it's three games, which is what we assume. But you but you also are going to probably throw in an FCS team almost every year. Now the other thing that could happen is maybe VOA doesn't want to play in Logan. Maybe they don't want that. Maybe they don't want to play on the road against Utah State. And I know Utah State fans. Are, oh, I'm scared to come to Logan. You know what? BYU is going to play 11 Power Fives, and now Utah State is supposed to be the easy game, and it's a road game in Logan. No, this is, as we pointed out on the show a few weeks ago or a few days ago, this is a compliment to Utah State saying, no, BYU needs an FCS team. So maybe they keep the two Power Five home games. Yeah, because you get the home game. The Stanford one would be – you'd be losing a home game. And then you get rid of a road game at Utah State. So you're playing seven home games and then five road games all in conference. We'll see. It depends on how the nine-game schedule shakes out. Is BYU going to have four home conference games and five road games or five home conference games and four road? We don't know. But my best guess is Stanford goes bye-bye and an FCS team is brought on. And then they will assess the location of the Utah State game. So, so really quick, the, the, a lot of these schedules are starting to see these, these teams drop off, and you're starting to get down to about three, sometimes four, where you still have to drop one off. 2024 and 2026 still look like the, the two years that have the most work to do. You still currently, according to FB schedules, have, have uh, seven teams on your 2024, and then in 2026 you have eight. So those are the two years that probably have the most work to still do. All right. Tom Homo's busy man. Yes, yes, he is. All right, coming up, our rise and shout-outs to some Cougars dominating the awards. And a top five Tuesday looking back at the best plays that almost were. (laughs) This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. Which brings us to Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This week, we take a look back at the BYU football season and the plays that almost were top plays but fell just short (laughs) at number five we go back to washington state where we had two almost top plays but malik moore decided one interception was enough on the day he had two great looks at interceptions both on the same drive but he dropped them both However, it all worked out in the end for Malik as he would swing an NIL deal with Wingstop in part (laughs) because of those drops. (laughs) Malik! Listen, maybe it would have been a little bit of a sweeter deal Mm. if he had three interceptions. Spicier deal, maybe. Love Malik. Ooh, nicely played. Number four, Tyler Algier. Uh, You know, doing his thing, running crazy against Utah State. We thought this was a 68-yard touchdown run. Run, Tyler! But he's Clipped out at the one-yard line. His elbow hit just before the ball crossed the plane. 
you know, you had no problem punching in two plays later for the score, but almost a great long run. Number three, the quarterback, the angelic one, Jaron Hall, <laughs> went sprinting down the sideline for what was going to be a near game ceiling touchdown. Oh, snap! Jaron barely steps out of bounds, bringing the ball back 48 yards on what would have been a 66-yard touchdown run. Jaron couldn't believe it when he turned around. Stepping out of bounds didn't oh. turn out to be the worst thing, however, for the Cougars. They would be able to drain an extra four and a half minutes off the clock and extend the lead to two scores on a Jake Oldroyd field goal. I thought the, I thought the stadium was going to lift off the ground when he ran in for this. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's all good. All good. At number two, uh, this is more of an almost great play for Arizona State, but it just gives us a reason to show what Tyler Algier did one more time. Jaron Hall fumbles the snap. Uh, oh, wait. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Lopini Katoa, hey, behind the back pass. And then Lopini picks it up and... <laughs> what do you call this? Do we call this the dipsy do? The whoop? Yeah, the whoop, Chris Berman, whoop. yeah. Uh, it, that's an incredibly athletic play. Yeah. And a heads up play by Jaren Beck. Hey, I see you out of the corner of my eye behind the back. Yeah. And our number one almost play, we'll keep it in the same game. Arizona State almost had a pick six that yep. would have given Arizona State the yep. lead and all the momentum. But Tyler Algier had other plans delivering the top play of the year and an almost top play for the Sun Devils. Arizona State almost came back to beat the Cougars, but BYU would win 27-17 and give us one of the greatest plays in BYU football history. Now that was Look a play. Look at that. It was oh, an almost it. play for Arizona State. Our question of the day, which BYU team will rise to prominence the fastest in the Big 12 and why? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, Benjamin David Nelson says, men's volleyball because they already have the best team in the Big 12. They're the only team in the Big 12. They play in the MPSF. Well played, David. Very well played. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about what's going on at the Miller Sports Complex? You have uh, Pitcher and Player of the Week on the yep. softball side and Player of the Week on the men's side. Outstanding. Our thanks to today's guest, newest basketball commit Rudy Williams. Conversation continues 24-7. Hashtag BYUSN for Jason. I am Spencer. Shout out to McKenna Bowl. We'll see you tonight for BYU softball and BYU baseball. Go Cougs.